Ah, what a beautiful day to celebrate those who embrace all walks of life. The bluebed kind of guy. From the tradies and crypto traders to the manscapers, landscapers and park footy fourth raiders. We get around them all. We've been to Paris, Dubai and Rome, but prefer Pakenham, Doombin and Randwick. And from the land down under, we love an underdog. Like the little Aussie battlers batting above. That's why you bet with Bluebet, the true blue Aussie bookie. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Welcome to What I'm Backing and Why, our afternoon sport racing bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my News Corp colleague, racing journalist Matty Jones, who you will know from news.com.au and pro punter. He's brilliant, this bloke. Brad Miller, how are you guys? Yeah, good, Tim. I'm in a great mood. Going great. Yeah, of course, he's still in a glow after Penrith won the comp, but let's brush that to one side. Today on the show, we'll look at the horses to bet on and why. We'll have a look at Melbourne and Sydney, and then each of us will have our best bet of the day. All right, boys, we've got $100 on four races. There's one in Sydney, three in Melbourne. Huge day at Caulfield, and uh, this is all thanks to Bluebet. Let's start with Ramwick Race 8, the Silver Eagle, Matt. Yeah, tough race. There's a lot of good chances in this one. Looking to stake their claims for a, a Golden Eagle spot. Um, some of them really need to, to to win to get into that race too with their rating and, and things like that. Um, I'm still... Not dropping off Star Tontes. Um, third up, peaking, 1,300 metres. She had absolutely no luck in the Golden Pennant. She was just about to go bang, and then all trouble came all, all around her. She had to stop riding, and she, uh, the jockey, sorry, had to stop riding, and then she just jogged over the line. Got a good gait now. Should be able to get a cleaner run. Call it on. I just get the feeling she's ready to unleash from barrier seven. Lock Eagle, you won't see a better win at Canterbury than it's huge finish first up. They just hardly do that at, at, at Canterbury, and this horse has a bit of X factor, and we'll only get better. I talked to Chris Lees before that race. He said um, he had three in that race, I believe, and he said they're all going well, but he, they all need the run. And I thought, after seeing it win, <laughs> if, it, if his judgment's right and it still needed the run, um, a lot um, you know, better things are to come. Kiss some. Um, what a winter he had. Um, ended up winning a stakes race up up north. He should have won the provincial championships final after getting held up and having to come off hills before storming home to just miss out. And Mr. Mozart, I mean, I could have. This is how close this race is. I could have had it on top. Um, that's how close the race is. But I'm just going to stick with Star Tontes at the nine dollars on Blue. But I think it's pretty good value. I think it's a little overs there. So I'll have my hundred to win on Star Tontes. Well, I'm going to have the hundred on the nose of number twelve, and the gate's not nice. Thirteen for Waterford, but looking to make it four in a row. Uh, Chris Waller, Tommy Berry, and uh, likes these softer tracks. So. I'll, I'll just go for the big, bold $100 there. I don't generally do this, Brad, but I'm in that kind of mood. Waterford, number 12 for race eight in Sydney. You? Go bang. Uh, I'm with the two, Mr. Mozart. Uh, very good first up on dry ground. He overdid it early. <clears throat> Willie Pikes, I think I even gave him a little bit of a clip, but having watched the replay a few times, <clears throat> he did actually just overdo it a bit. Uh, and I think he pulled him out and got three wide early from gate three because the horse was overdoing it. So he was entitled to probably drop out with the run that he'd had, Uh, but I thought his last 50 metres when surging back at them was probably his best work. Staying at 1,300 is a a minor knock, uh, but he's a month between runs, and and he loves wet ground, 
and you know on these really heavy tracks it could often feel like sort of 14 1500 anyway the camps obviously picked out the golden eagle as the target race for him this prep uh, i thought he might be targeting up as an Ep at an epsom earlier on but um uh, this is obviously the focus and I think he's going to run really well. So I'll just have my $100 a win on number two, Mr. Mozart. All right. Well, our focus turns to Caulfield and it's a, a huge race day at Caulfield tomorrow. Let's start with race seven in Melbourne. Brad, tell us all about it. Yeah, so I've got three group ones at Caulfield. Uh, they've had 15 mils of rain overnight, which is a little bit of a surprise. Um, so the track's now soft six. And if they get the 10 to 20 that's forecast today, uh, I'd expect we're on a heavy track. But um, yeah, hopefully we can avoid most of that. Uh, the Might and Power Stakes, 2,000 metres, wait for age, group one. Um, the Underwood was a bit of a fizzer in the end, but now, you know, we've got a fully fit Zaki and, you know, add Animo to the mix as well. This is a cracking race. Animo is just a super consistent horse at the elite level. He generally either wins or runs second, uh, and he runs the same sort of elite number every time he turns up. He's just a beauty. Uh, had the little vet mishap post-race last time, um, trotted up lame. Uh, could have been a bit of a concern, but the next day he trotted up fine at home and the, and the camp were really happy with him. So um, he's a star. He's the one that they all have to beat. I was originally going to be sort of playing Quinellas through this race, but with the rain that's hit and the uncertainty around the, the track conditions, I am going to make my main bet um, him. I'm going to have $80 a win on Animo. Uh, and then the others, I think, are good chances. The one Zaki, although second up historically, he's bounced or held a very high first rating, first up rating. The, the little query I raised on him last time was his ratings after a heavy track run fell away last prep, ran a big number in the Queen Elizabeth on a heavy 10, then dropped away significantly on the heavy nine, the Hollandale, and then faded again to lose the Doomba Cup at a good four. So after maintaining a high rating tramway win on a good track to win the Underwood last year, he's just failed to maintain that level. Uh, and coming off the heavy track in the tramway this year, he didn't didn't run up to it. So you can look at his profile one or two ways. You either rebounds now to a new high for the prep um, in a proper horse race, you know, with a decent tempo, or he's in trouble for the prep. So Jamie Carr just needs to be on her game. She'll want to be up eyeballing um, alligator blood this time. Can't have him getting away with the sexuals he did. So I'm not penning him just yet, but he just needs to show us he's back and those heavy track runs, you know, don't flatten him. So I'm going to let him go this time. Um, the one I thought ran really well in that race is the five Moonga. Uh, leading into this prep, Edible Nation said he was back better than ever, but he flopped badly first up, improved his run, you know, in the Maccabi Diva, ran third there. Then really came on third up, stepping to 1800 in the Underwood, left flat-footed, sprint went on. I'm just not sure he came down the hill at Sandown well. He looked a little bit unbalanced. Um, but once he got working back up the hill, he really steamed home. Actually ran past I'm Thunderstruck, had gone past him early in the straight, and he was really strong through the line. I thought it was an outstanding run. Um, some might question his 2,000-metre credentials, but he won a, a week Rose Hill Guineas over 2,000 as a three-year-old, and he's running a fast Cox Plate last year I thought was full of merit. He uh, dropped off there the last 100 to run fourth, but meets Animo, you know, who's a four-year-old now, seven kilos better out of that. Um, it was only about a four-length margin, so I think he's right in the game. Doesn't want it too wet is my concern, so I was really sort of working around him and Animo and Zaki through the Quinellas, but... 
I've, I've flipped, as I said, I'm going to have 80 a win on Animo and I'm going to have 20 a win on Mwunga just in case that track sort of stays in the sort of soft five, soft six range. Yeah, I'm going to go for I'm Thunderstruck, uh, Mick Price, Michael Kent Jr., $7 million in prize money, of course, won the Golden Eagle last year. Uh, I just think that uh, with the rails, you know, a bit more pressure on Alligator Blood, I think I'm Thunderstruck can hit back here. So I'm going to have my $100 for Blue Bet on I'm Thunderstruck. Race seven, number two, Matty. Yeah, look, Animo's just the best horse in the race. Simple as that. The weird thing last start when he pulled up lame, I remember thinking to myself, there's something not... He won the race, but he didn't win it as well as I thought he would have. And I was sitting there thinking, is he going that good or is there something wrong? It popped in my head straight away. And anyway, the stewards report came up, I think it was three or five lame, which is fairly significant. He he did that lame. I think he just keeps winning. He's won at the track, as we know. And I just think he's the one to beat. I think he, he's a deserved uh, $2.40 favorite on Blue Bet. That's about right. Benno's an interesting one. Um... John O'Shea bringing him down um, from Sydney looking to avoid wet tracks, although he may not. $23 on Blue Bet. You've got to remember he's a derby, a really good derby um, runner. Um, he got beaten just by a course, as we know, called Hitotsu, who, if he was still in work, might have been one of the, one of the favourites for the Cox Plate. That's what Kieran Ma said after the derby. He said Cox Plate straight away. Um, and... Benno's been flying this time in without winning. I just think he's over the odds there. Gets the blinkers on first time too, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's that's a, another interesting um, addition to his his gear, and we all know what the blinkers do to horses. Um, I just think he's well over the odds there. Um, Zaki, you've got to forgive. I, I think we're all left a little flat, weren't we, from that that race last start where we expected. Zaki and I'm thunderstruck to fight out the finish. Then Tim Clark does what Tim Clark does, and he pulls he pulls their pulls their pants down on Alligator Blood. So he's right again. Is going to be key in front. Surely they don't let it up to him as easy as they did last time. You got to admire Alligator Blood though. He's a real fighter. He always has been, and um, he's the type of horse that's probably suiting the Waterhouse bot training methods too. So look, I just think Alamo's the best horse. I'll have fifty on him to win, but I just think at twenty. $23 to win, four sixty to play. So I have 25 each way on Benno as well. All righty. Okay. Let's move to, of course, race eight. And uh, Jackano would have been right in this, if not, you know, a, a short price favourite for the Caulfield Guineas, Brad. But uh, he's not there, of course, off to the Everest next week. But Golden Mile is there. James McDonald in Melbourne. Uh, on the Golden Mile, and uh, this three-year-old Colt's got something about him, hasn't he? So I know it's two dollars eighty um, with Blue Bet, but I'm going to have my hundred dollars on Golden Mile to get the job done in the Caulfield Guineas over sixteen hundred metres. Yeah, he brings the good form out of the Golden Rose. Um, it's a, a lovely gait for a sweet run, so he's the one they all have to beat. I like one at a decent price here, though. I, the Seven Meridius, I think, can run really well. He's drawn gate 16, but he, he'll jump from 14 if there's no scratchings. And Animo won the guineas from gate 13 last year. Um, Mooney Valley on a soft track first up. He was running like right away from Amenable there. Um, Amenable had his back in the run, but Meridius just dropped him at the 100-metre mark and surged right through the line. Um, in that race, he also ran past uh, Mullane, and that sort of ties in some of that Golden Rose form with Golden Mile. 
Um, then on the in the prelude, the Caulfield Guineas prelude on that bog heavy track behind half cabin. Understand Amenable was slightly held up, but again, I thought Meridius was holding the margins of the line and wasn't really asked to do much late when the race was all over. Amenable might improve, was a better surface, but based on the valley run and the whispers I'm hearing with um, Meridius, I'm certain he's going to be much better suited if it's a bit firmer as well. Um, at the valley, he jumped well, I thought, before settling off them at the 1200. Uh, there's speed drawn out wide. So Damien Lane's got some options. He can come across with the speed or he can sort of sit, you know, three wide, hopefully with some cover just off midfield. So I was really hoping for a soft five, six track, but um, I think that'd be perfect for him. But uh, as we've seen, he, he got through the heavy okay last time anyway. So I'm I'm happy to have a bet on him at around that $18, $20 mark. I'll have $25 a win on him. Um, and then... We discussed the three golden mile, the two Berkeley Square. I just didn't think this form was going to stack up early days. These three-year-olds just aren't as good as I thought they were going to be. That was a pretty arrogant win last time. He was ridden back for cover. He's pretty versatile. Willow can just sort of put him where he wants, um, and you know he's going to eat up the 1,600. He's one that's going to be really strong at the end. So he's he's definitely a winning hope just by default. And the other one I discussed, the 10 Amenable. Um it's, it's very easy to make a case for him because you've got a top stable like Price Kent uh, will have this guy peaking on the day. And that's the gap I see with the top trainers and the second and sort of third tier operators is you know that the best ones are going to have theirs right on the day when it counts. So um, he, he too can win. So as I said, I'm having 25 a win on the seven Meridius. And then I'm going to box those four in our Quinella. I've got the two Berkeley Square, the three Golden Mile, seven Meridius, and the ten Amenable. I'll box him up for $75, and that'll get the Colonel at 12 and a half times. All right, Matty, what about you? Um, well, Golden Mile's a deserved favourite. James McDonald, barrier six. Golden Rose form's easily the best form. Um, had no luck from a wide gate in the Golden Rose. Had to spend a bit of petrol early, but fought on really, really well. So it's a deserved favourite. Like I said, barrier six. James will put him into a lovely spot, you'd think, cushier run, and the horse is ready to fire. Amenable will be flying late from a wide gate. Ran on last start, but should have. Uh, it was a solid run race. Um, the mile suits. So I've got Edin for second. I want to forgive Osipenko last start in another in a fairly good race, that Guinea's prelude. Good enough race anyway. I think he's a good outsider. Chris Waller doesn't generally just throw him in for no reason. He beat Madame Pomery on debut in a horse called Back Rower and flew home to just missed against Kaibu, the stable mate, last prep. Um, he had a, had a look at Caulfield. I think I always wary about backing horses when they run at Caulfield for the first time. And he's had a look there. Maybe, Brad, I don't know, that day was the rail a bit off that day. I don't know. He got stuck on the fence on, on that day. I was hearing that he may have been off the fence, might have been a... A bit better place to be. So um, I just want to forgive him. I just think he's a good outsider. And Berkeley Square now came off a slowish sectionals mid-race to win that event, the Exford Plate. And it's obviously a good sign if you can come off slowish sectionals and sprint from the back and win. Everything points to this horse running a mile. Absolutely everything. Except I'm like a cop with a hunch. I just have a gut feel he won't run the mile for some reason. On paper, he says he will, but I just have a 
feeling he might not run it out. I'll probably look like a fool, but that's the gut feel. I think he wants 2,000. You, you do? Yeah, yeah. He wants 2,000, yeah. Well, that means he's going to run the mile. <laughs> but I, I don't yeah. know. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know if he's form's good enough, if that makes sense. I, I just don't yeah. know. Yeah. But um, like you said, the breeding says he's going to run a, a big trip. But um, I remember there was a what was the baller. The baller's by high chaparral and couldn't yeah. run more than 1,100 metres. So sometimes it doesn't work that way. But uh, it, I'm probably wrong there, but it's just a, a hunch. But... I'll have 80 the win on Golden Mile just because I think best horse, best form. I just want to have 10 each way as well on Osipenko at $21 the win, five fifty the place. Alrighty, a short price favourite, $2.50 with Blue Bet. This moody trained I wish I win, four-year-old gelding. Uh, the wide gate, Brad, does that bother you in the two-rack? Not really. I would have loved for him to draw in a middle gate, but uh, again, I can sort of see him getting that three-wide cover run just off midfield, which I think by this stage of the day is probably going to be an advantage, you know, with the rain and, and the track sort of being chopped up um, by race nine. So, yeah, I'm not seeing it a huge disadvantage. Um, he ran a career peak first up under the guidance of his new trader, Peter Moody. Um, but in saying that, he improved his rating, you know, 7 to 10% at each of his four starts prior to that win. So... That was including three runs back home in New Zealand. So he was a horse sort of heading in the right direction. I love the fast closing speed off a good tempo first up. Uh, that was a sign of a horse on his way to group ones. Then second up, he was back in trip off a fast speed, got held up. He just had absolutely no right to win. But once he got the gap, he just burst through and put them away. Um, now gets back up to the mile. I think he lifts his rating to a huge career peak and he'll just win this. Um, importantly, handles all conditions and he's pretty bulletproof. A, a soft five or six would have been just perfect. Um, so hopefully the track can hold up. Um, he's a horse who's shown he can overcome trouble and sprint quickly. And that for me is just the kind of horse you want to be betting up on with confidence. So I'm just going to have my $100 a win on the five. I wish I win. I really like this uh, Reduce Choice um, four-year-old military expert. Done really well recently. Narrowly beaten as a favourite last start at Sandown. But uh, $11 on Blue Bet. I'm going to have $50 each way on the Annabelle Neesham trained military expert, Maddie, with uh, Jamie Carr on board. Yeah. Um, typical Turak, I think, in a way. There's so many good chances at odds. I'm going for an upset here. Um, I, I mean, I wish I win could be a star, as we all know. But things are only getting tougher now. Um, you know, the wins aren't going to come as easy. We're at Group 1 level now, so awkward gate. But the horse, as we know, has the ability to just sit back and then really storm home, which will be the plan again. Um, I just think Buffalo River's well overs here at 31 I think he's about $31. Um, $26 on Bluebet, sorry. I just think he's well over the odds. He was really, really good in the Lawrence Stakes um, when he... Ran third, um, just beaten by Mr. Brightside and I Am Superman, who is flying at the moment, um, was given a terrible time the next start, terrorised, a complete forgive run. And then the Rupert Clark, again, um, had to work and then had to go around. And he had, everything's gone wrong for him in the last two races, yet he's stuck on okay. Um, I think... He might get a barrier seven. Um, he, he'll get hopefully get an easier run. The mile is the query, running out the strong mile. I just think at the odds, he might be worth having a little flutter on. Um, 
Obviously, I wish I wins the horse to beat. Tuvalu gets the ideal run, might even lead or box seats. So it sets up well for it. And Dallasan, again, good odds. Um, it's at $29. Um, very strong late through the line last time. And it's a proven performer at the level. But I'm just going to have the 50 each way on Buffalo River. I think that we, we, we've... As you know, Brad, there's been a lot of upsets in big group ones in Victoria in the last 18 months, and maybe this is another one. Yeah, absolutely. It will be interesting to watch. It's uh, it's fascinating tomorrow in Melbourne and Sydney, and, of course, the rain that's uh, been in Sydney all week plays a factor, and, and at Caulfield, it's, uh, it's soft six now and more rain on the way. So we'll watch that with interest. But after the break, we've got our quaddies. Ah... <sighs> What a beautiful day to celebrate those who embrace all walks of life. The bluebed kind of guy. From the tradies and crypto traders to the manscapers, landscapers and park footy fourth raiders. We get around them all. We've been to Paris, Dubai and Rome, but prefer Pakenham, Doombin and Randwick. And from the land down under, we love an underdog. Like the little Aussie battlers batting above. That's why you bet with bluebed, the true blue Aussie bookie. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. All right, first leg of the quaddy in Melbourne. Uh, Braddon, we've obviously had a good look at this, the Might and Power Race 7. Yeah, so I'm just going with the three that I mentioned. I think Alligator Blood, you probably have to throw him in if it's if it's a soft six or better, but um, it's probably looking worse than that. So I'll just go with the three. The seven, Animo, the five, Mwunga, and one, Zaki. What are you thinking for the first leg of the quaddy in Sydney, Matt? The Gloaming Stakes, Race 7, jumps at 3.10pm. Yeah, well, we're obviously going to go a bit wider in our quaddy legs this this time around with a heavy track and there might be a few scratchings. Williamsburg sets up perfectly for this race. Um, he stormed home to win last week and Gerald Ryan said straight away, straight on the back up in the gloaming. Matcha Latte, Mark Newnham, there's a, this could be the X-Factor horse of the race. Sharp and smart will run well too. Owen County as well, don't forget it. Prepared by John Sargent, a master of the youngish middle distance stayers. So my numbers for the first leg are going to be three, five, six, eight. Okay. What about this second leg of the quaddy in Melbourne at Caulfield, the Caulfield Guineas? Brad, you've given us your thoughts there. Yeah, so I'm just going to go with the four that I mentioned. Seven Meridius, three Golden Mile, two Berkeley Square and ten Amenable. I'll be surprised if one of those four doesn't win. Yeah, second leg is that Silver Eagle in Sydney. Yeah, we've already had a, touched on that, so I'll put my first four in, which are Mr. Mozart, Star Tontes, Kiss Sum, and Lock Eagle. The other one I just want to throw in at odds is the number 10 Minsk moment for Chris Waller, Chad Schofield, Barrier 5, second up. Might be well overs there. What about the Turak, uh, Brad, just putting those numbers together? Yeah, so I was pretty keen on the five, I wish I win. Um, so you could probably have one with him, one out, and then... If you're going wider, I've got the 11 military expert, 
Slower tempo was probably against last time. Uh, good solid tempo here and the sting out, I think, are both positives. He's been a big improver this prep and going well. He's at a decent price, around that sort of $11 mark. The nine, Gentleman Roy, a dominant win second up. Won't get it as easy this time, but with no weight. Peaks now third up and he has Tuvalu form. The 13, Pinstriped. Uh, he's a big price, around sort of $13, $14. Uh, he's building to something. This is his best chance he'll ever get to to win a Group One after the the, the disaster in the Australian Guineas. Uh, no more excuses for him. It's time to put his hand up. Uh, the eight Tuvalu meets Gentleman Roy much better at the weights from the day he beat him at Flemington. Um, his ratings are at their best at sixteen hundred. So he actually surprised me a bit first up in the in the Rupert Clark at fourteen hundred. Uh, I think he's right in it. And the three Dallas sand around that $31, $34 mark. He's only a six-year-old, but he feels like he's 10. He's been around forever. Uh, his last few runs, third up, have been in Epsom's and Doncaster's, and he loves wet ground. And the other one I wanted to put in, but I'm just worried about the track conditions. I had it second pick, if it was a soft five or six, was the six Halal. Um, but I am a bit concerned if it, if it does get into the heavy range for him. So I've got the five as a standout, and then I've got 11, 9, 13, 8, and 3. All right, buddy. Race nine in Sydney, third leg of the quaddy, Matty. Yeah, have to go a little wide here. I, I think Polly Gray might be a false favourite there at, at four sixty, but I'll, I'll throw it in. I've got to respect the market. He's been solid in the betting um, for Chris Waller first up, so we'll put number one in. Number three, hoping your heart looks overs to me. Ten dollars, going for three straight wins. Um, Kerry Parker, an underrated trainer, as we we all know. Number ten, fine point. Um, horse on the rise, good last start win, only improves now, drawn a fair gate. And the other two, Ita, now Ita I wouldn't think would have won a race like this last prep, but this horse won two starts back and was desperately unlucky last start and flew home um, from the back of the field when the ta- things just went completely wrong. So the horse is in really good form. And Combella de Feel, number 14, great record fresh over the mile at Ranwick for John O'Shea. So 1, 3, 10, 12, 14 for the third leg. And race 10 wraps it up for the quaddy in Melbourne. Brad? Yeah, I'm pretty keen on the three Zapateo here for the Godolphin team. Huge win first up, then didn't handle the atrocious conditions when it was belting down during the race second up. Third up was a heavy nine at Caulfield, uh, but it was a much better surface than that at Randwick, and he was just really dominant late there. Ran a peak uh, for the fo- for the prep fourth up in the autumn, uh, and she's fourth up here, so she rates clear on top for me. Um, if the rain does miss today, I think the two Cerides, um can bounce back. She's a ripping little mare. Um, I think she's going really well. And, uh, yeah, as I said, if it's a five or six, I think she's a winning chance. But um, with the, the forecast and the current conditions, I'm just going to go with the three Zapateo. So if you're playing the combos, if you take oh, I Wish I Win and Zapateo one out, it's 12 combos. And if you're taking... Um, a wide leg in the in the two rack. It's it's seventy two combos with Zapata went out in the last. Alrighty, um, Maddie. What about this final leg of the quaddy race ten in Sydney? It's a benchmark seventy eight. Yeah, tough one. Um, I think Washington Towers the two is a little overs at nine dollars. Open eight fifty, then drifted. Come back in now. It's an absolute mudlark that horse. Um, probably a midweek sort of standard, but I just think this is a really average race. And the condition suit, so it might be able to sneak a Saturday win there. Um, Nastratium um, going well, third up peaks. Ebnar, well, 
Jury's still out on it, but I've got to put it in my numbers. And Devil's Triangle is an interesting horse. First up for Matty Dale. Trialed on, a, I think, a synthetic or a poly track. Um, might just have that little bit of X factor um, moving forward. So for the last leg, two, four, eight, nine. Alrighty, there's our quaddies. Up next, best bet of the day. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Right, Matt, what do you like more than anything else tomorrow? Well, we'll be winning the best bet again this week, lads. <laughs> so race two, number 12, Cote at Ramwick. It should have bolted in last start. We all saw that horror show. Ready to win, well-placed. Um, Tom Barry, barrier four, just wins. $2.75 on blue bet. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the tip in the in the Turak. Uh, Caulfield race nine, number five. I wish I win. Um, I just think he's a star. I know they're thinking Cox plates with this horse. Um, so that sort of tells you what level they think he can get to. But um, I'd love to see him go to a Golden Eagle. You know, a $10 million race. Um, you only get one crack at it as a four-year-old and he'll meet inferior opposition if he goes up there. So just think it's a huge leap jumping from a, from a handicap near the minimum to meeting a horse like Animo at level weights in a Cox plate. Um, Winks carried 57 to win an Epsom, and then she won the Cox Plate at her next start as a four-year-old. But um, I don't think you'll find many successful cases of, of what I wish I win is being asked to do. So I know racing is about prestige, but when you look at the bloody prize money, Cox Plate, third, fourth, fifth, you're looking at 100 to 400,000, and a Golden Eagle, you're looking at five, five and a half, and two million if he runs second. So be a pretty easy easy decision to make I reckon but um, yeah I think he'll win the Turak I think he's going to be uh, very very hard to beat so I'll have uh, Caulfield race 9 number 5 I wish I win as best bet Okay, well, race two in Melbourne is where I'm finding my best bet. Old Flame out of the four, Snowden, Jamie Carr $2.70 on blue bet and uh, won two of four as a favourite. I just think Old Flame will win race two in Melbourne that is my best bet of the day that's it for what I'm backing and why make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors, Matty. Blue Bet, the wholly owned Aussie bookie. Thanks to you. Thanks, Brad. Hopefully we've found a few winners today. See you next week, gentlemen. See you guys. See you guys. Building. Resilience. Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.